Hello, ladies, gentlemen, whoever else is listening. This is Mark Joseph Bennett coming to you from the Toyota Prius recording studio. I'm in the back seat and I have Paw Patrol in my head. Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol will be there on the double. My boy has been watching Paw Patrol. Not a lot. Not supposed to give him a lot of screen time, but uh, sometimes he asks for Paw Patrol and oh, Papa, Papa Paw Patrol, that's me. He's baby Paw Patrol. I'm Papa Paw Patrol. I my heart melts right whenever he asks for anything. You t- you talk about a child who's going to be spoiled rotten. Everyone's gonna hate him. I guarantee you, because I probably will never be able to say no. He's just he's my boy. He's adorable, you know. Let's just pull out all the stops to make him happy. Who gives a shit if it ruins everybody else's life around him? You know what I mean? Now nah, you gotta you gotta do it right. You have to be loving. You have to be caring, right? You gotta be those two things. But you also have to rule with an iron fist. Am I right, guys? No, you just but you do have to. You do have to set boundaries. You got you want to make him a productive person, and you know what? It'll make him happier. The thing is, spoiled people—they're spoiled, like bad milk. They're not happy. You know, it's like it's like the dog whisperer. He says that dogs want to be happy. Right? I don't know if that's what he says, and I'm pretty sure that's not his accent. But uh, he says that. Well-behaved dogs are happy dogs. Now, I don't know if that's true. I've never asked a dog, but it seems true. You know, they're, they can relax. Like, my wife had a poodle growing up, and I had a poodle growing up. Guys, that's why we were soulmates, okay? Just think about it. That was her dog. That's how she identified with the world through her love for her poodle. Me too. And then 20 years later, we meet, you know, we become each other's poodles. Am I right? All right. (laughs) But uh, my dog was a lunatic. He would just bark 24-7. And my wife's dog, same thing. Now you're thinking, ah, common denominator is a poodle. No, sir, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. You're an idiot for thinking it. But no, it's it's because the dog thought he was in charge. And my wife's dog, she thought she was in charge. You know, and they don't want to be in charge. They don't want to be the pack leader. They want they want to be subservient. They want someone else to handle that shit. And you know what? I get that. I get that. Who would want to run shit? You know, other than psychos, that's why we have so many psychos as politicians, because who the fuck would want to make these decisions? People talk, people think about how awesome it would be to have such command, but it, it wouldn't be. The decisions you're making aren't good ones. You know, war, death, destruction. You know, what do we do about this crisis here? You're privy to so much tragedy. You know, who would want, who would bring that on? And the dogs, they know, they know that. They're like, I don't want to lead this pack. I, God knows what I'll see. Just let me hang out, 
chew on my milk bone over here, and you you take care of the business, all right? I'm just here to have fun and create. You're the one in charge. And that's the thing. So if you have a dog that never shuts up, always barking at strangers, always growling at people, biting people, that's because that dog thinks he needs to protect you, you dumb asshole. That's why we have a dog on our uh, uh, on our floor in our building here. And uh, this dog, Eddie, fucking hates everyone. I think he named him Eddie because he looks like Eddie from Fraser. You know the show? Fra- Fraser? Sorry, I have a friend named Fraser. So now I say Fraser instead of Fraser. But my friend Fraser is constantly called Fraser because of the show. Fraser. There you go. Fraser Young. He's a, he's a terrific stand-up comic. And he came to my birthday party on Sunday. Guys, I'll talk about that in a minute. But right now, we're talking about dogs. And that doesn't take a backseat to anyone. Speaking of backseats, I'll tell you why I'm in the backseat. But first, the dogs. You know, that we have this friggin' Eddie dog. And he wants to bite everyone. And my child is a toddler. So he is right at bite level. And Eddie is lunging at him all the fucking time. Like, and the guy who owns the dog, you know, he's just this guy who doesn't seem to know that his dog is in desperate need of... No, nah, he knows, man. He, he knows his dog is a psycho, but he, he doesn't... I don't think he realizes he's the problem. That's a lot of the time the people who own dogs, who, who are nutcases, they don't realize you're the problem, dude. Watch the fucking dog whisperer. It's so funny how many of the episodes of that show that I watched without owning a dog. Because my dog, God rest his soul, he died at the age of 21. Very old. Very old dog. Had a full life. A full life where, unfortunately, he did think he was in charge. So a little stressful. A little stressful. He actually, my dog didn't think he was in charge. My dog thought my dad was in charge of our family. Which makes a little bit of sense, you know, but the problem is is that my dad would work, you know, longer hours, so he would come home at 6 at the earliest, and sometimes he'd go away on road trips for several weeks, you know, with his job. And so the dog, during those times, like the time my dad would leave the house in the morning till when he came back, my dog was just, he was a wreck. Because he's like, oh, well, Kevin's gone, clearly, clearly I'm, uh... I'm just going to keep this household together. What do I do? What do I do? And that was his reaction to everything. And if we had trained him properly, you know, he would have uh, he would have been calm and relaxed, you know? And I think children, to get back to my original point, are a little bit like that, you know? They want to be, they want to be just, just having fun playing but if you spoil them too much they think they they rule the roost walking around like the cock of a walk ruling the roost can't have it so you don't be mean and you don't be severe don't be severe guys you just set hard boundaries you know within the boundaries this is something in a, my wife read in a french book somewhere within the hard boundaries you can play as much as you want. Freedom. See, they feel they feel a sense of freedom and autonomy. But 
within the constraints of these are the hard and fast rules. You know what I mean? It's like you can you can hang out all you want with your buddy, but the second you do crack cocaine, boom, you're done. Hard rule on the crack cocaine. Can't cross that line. You can't like, you know, oh, Dad, I really like crack cocaine. Please, just this one time, never give in, guys. Just right there. That is the heart. I'm making a motion like a line in the sand with my hand. You can't see it because this is a podcast. But that's what I'm doing. In the back seat, this is a dream, guys. I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. Long-time listeners of the podcast, you know I record this thing out of the lovely 2010 Toyota Prius. You know? Uh, and I was looking for a car this weekend. I'll get into that in a second. But um, this this week, this week's episode is brought to you from the back seat because they moved our spot again. Our building has been under construction for, I, I think, uh, since the beginning of time. It's been under construction. And... Uh, They moved our spot again. Apparently, this is temporary for one week. But I do like this spot. I'm kind of tucked away in here. And I had to back in to the spot. Not just There's there's an obstruction on one side. So it was best to back in for all involved. And then when I came down to record the podcast, I figure, why not just sit in the back seat? You know, there's a car seat here. And there's there's like I'm, I'm kind of walled in. And I tell you, I feel cozy. And I don't feel, uh, I don't feel like anyone's going to interrupt me. You know, guys. Sometimes people walk past, and I get, oh, I just feel feel awful, humiliated. You know, I'm sitting. I got headphones on and a microphone, and I'm in a car ranting and raving. I mean, the people in the building. What must they think? But today, back seat, man. Oh, man. Now. Unfortunately, although I am harder to see right now, if I am discovered, I think it'll be doubly worse. You know, I think, I don't think it'll get much worse than that. Me sitting in the back seat, leaning over a child's car seat with a microphone, headphones on, yelling about Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. But the car, still in the 2010 Toyota Prius. And I don't know if you guys know anything about the dates, but it is 2018. 2018, mofos! So what you're deducing from that is this car is like 15 years old. You're right. That's the math on that. And um, need a new car, probably. It's just It's just one of these things where the, apparently, the average Canadian holds a car for 9.2 years. Did you know that? That's a fact. 9.2 years, the average Canadian hangs on to their car. So, in fact, we got this car. Uh, it'll be going into its... We got it in 2010, is eighth year. See, I, I, I never remember because you buy them in 2009 for 2010. No, but we bought this one in 2010, even though it was a 2010. Yeah, so it's it'll be going into... It'll be eight full years, eight full years in August. So if we sold the car, we'd be a little ahead of your average Canadian, which is, that's me. I'm a little ahead of average. It's just what it, what it is, is, is apropos for the backseat talk is that one of the reasons 
that the old brain fired off, why don't you sit in the back seat, is because since my wife's been complaining about the room in the back seat, she sits in the back seat with the boy because we often take long road trips to Ottawa or elsewhere. And uh, the baby, well, he's a toddler now, the 20-month-old Mr. Sam, he, he, he's got the reverse car seat because that's the safe thing to do. Put the car seat in the middle and reverse it. And that is the safest way to drive a young child around. So, obviously, he's just staring at the back of a seat. And uh, five, six-hour car trips, that's not a great thing for a child to experience. You know, he's not old enough to play Game Boys and video games and watch movies on iPads or anything like that. So, my wife sits in the back with him and does her best. God love her cotton socks. She does her best to entertain the boy. But she's cramped. She doesn't have a ton of room because they make these goddamn car seats so fucking big. And you're like, why don't you get a smaller car seat? We did. We did research. We got the thinnest possible car seat. And it's still, it just it cramps her in the corner. She doesn't have a lot of room. So we, we've been looking around, looking around for a bigger car. And I tell you, I mean, guys who have been, uh, you know, loyal. Loyal to the I Shut Up podcast. Wait, I Shut Up? That's, that's what I should have called it. I Shut Up. The I Said Shut Up podcast. Loyal listeners, you guys know I was ranting about how we all we we were at Toyota to do a trade-in, and they were saying, well, you know, the RAV4 is just as small or smaller on the inside in the back seat, so you guys need a Highlander or a 4Runner. And I said, I'm not buying a fucking Highlander. Or a forerunner, giant cars for one 20 pound child. It, that, it can't, that makes no sense. But my wife, who has been, been banging this drum for a couple of years now, and I, I think she's fucking right, is the car manufacturers and the, the child car seat slash stroller companies are in league with each other. And if they're not, actually in league with each other it's a nice nice fringe benefit that works out you know for the car companies anyway i don't know what the what the stroller companies and the car seat companies i don't know what they have to gain by it oh no wait i do they they can make them huge and bigger and then and then they warrant these big price tags they're like oh you're up a baby stroller costs $50,000 now because it is the size of a fiat so, you know, pay up, boy, unless you don't care about your child, unless you don't care about your baby. Is that what you're trying to say, privileged white man, that you don't care about your baby? Well, then pony up the cash, motherfucker. So um, that is what they have to gain. They can charge huge sums of money by creating these giant strollers and giant car seats all in the name of safety and comfort the under the guise I should say of safety and comfort and then the car companies of course they benefit because you can't fit like the Prius is has a large interior and it has a, it's a hatchback and it has an open trunk and you can't we can't fit one child and his stroller and his uh, car seat in here, and anything else. Like, yes, we can get those items in here, 
But you need more than that when you're leaving. You need like a, a travel crib for the kid. If you're staying overnight, you need suitcases with clothes and shit and diapers and stuff. Where are you putting it all? You can't. Is it the whole car filled up with a stroller and a fucking car seat? So we were just, you know, we, we, we gave in. We gave in. And I test drove a bunch of giant cars. I did. And um, test drove the Highlander. That was a nice ride, actually. It was very, very nice, cushy. And it should be. It's a $62,000 fucking car. It, should, it better be cushy. $62,000. Honest to God. Driving a big mom van. That's what it is. It's nothing else. You rappers out there driving your fucking Highlanders trying to be cool. You're not cool. You're, you're, you're. Ottawa suburb soccer moms. That those are your peers. Okay? But I drove it around going, like, what are we gonna do? You know? And then so my wife started talking about uh Mazda, because one of her co-workers has a Mazda Ma- Mazda? That's that's a newfie way of saying Mazda. Uh has a Mazda CX five, I think. And um not that's not as big as the Highlander. It's smaller, but its interior room was supposed to be pretty big. We we did the measurements. Had out hip room. I, I wrote out a fucking chart like a spreadsheet. Hip room, leg room, uh, shoulder room, and headroom, all for the back seat. Compared cars. So when we were in Mazda and the sales lady is trying to talk us about like she's talking about safety ratings, she's talking about horsepower, she's talking about whatever. I'm like, listen. Here are the cars we want to talk about because of hip room, leg room, head room, and shoulder room. This is it. We don't care about any other factors. She was like, what about drivability, comfort? I'm like, fuck it. Fuck that shit. We just need more hip room, leg room, head room, and shoulder room. Now shut up and give me the keys. I'm going to test drive this bad boy. Sorry, I dropped a microphone. Got too excited. I feel free, free in the back seat of the Prius. Anyway, so we're at the um, Mazda dealership, and we get uh, in the CX-5, and it does have a tiny bit more room, not a ton, tiny bit more. And um, we start driving around, and it was a piece of shit. It was a piece of stinking, steaming shit. Hated it. I apologize if you have a CX-5. Just for me, guys, personally. All right? See, the thing is... So, we had, I had test-driven the Highlander. My wife wasn't with me at the time. But my wife was with me when we test-drove the CX-9. Because we also tried that one. Because that one's comparable to the Highlander. So, it's a pretty big honking car. And that was a pretty nice ride. I got to say, maybe not quite as good as the Highlander, but pretty nice. Felt felt pretty upscale, you know, going over bumps. Nice. But when we got in that fucking CX-5, just my wife got car sick in the back seat. And uh, so she tells her co-worker because her co-worker was the one he suggested that she try the CX-5 because he has one and he loves it. I love it, he said. So when my wife was talking to him today, she said, uh, yeah, so we test drove the CX-5. It's, uh, it really made me car sick. It was like, oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, it is. Uh, it's a bumpy ride. <laughs> what? You you just said that you loved it, and then when we said it drives terribly, you were like, "Oh yeah, absolutely," and I love it. I love a bumpy ride where I vomit afterwards. Otherwise, you're not really driving. You know, all these people getting out of cars, not vomiting. I mean, they're not living their lives. I just wonder, am I making, am I hot? Did the microphone go hot? I hope not. So I apologize if, uh, if I've yelled too loudly and it's hurt your ears. Oh, this backseat freedom. I'll turn it down just a little bit. So then we were in the CX-9 and that, that had substantially more room, but it was also another giant car. Well over $50,000. And uh, so we get back into the little Prius and we drive home, thinking about the decisions we need to make. And my wife's like, I can't do it. I can't. It just doesn't feel right. I can't buy a giant SUV for an extra inch of room in the back. You know? It, it's not even that much more room. It's like, there's just no way to get. I don't understand why all these SUVs, like your RAV4s, all these mid, these compact SUVs, as they're called, why don't they have sliding seats, you know, in the back? That makes no sense to me. Some of the, like the Highlander has some sliding seats in the second row. Like cars who have three rows, they often have a back seat that slides in the second row so you can move it back. But why don't they all have that? If they have this big honking truck trunk maybe sometimes you don't need the trunk so slide the fucking car back cut the seat so that you have more room right give me the option don't just say this is your back seat room deal with it when there's a giant empty chasm behind you let me utilize that room you hear that car companies so uh we decided to get nothing because that's, that's the type of people we are. You guys know we've been trying to buy houses for a long time. And yes, the Toronto market is stupid. And you should not buy a house in the Toronto market. But we were looking around to see if we could find a decent deal. Prices have come down in the last year. So we've been just checking shit out. And once in a while we think, hey, maybe we'll do this. And we never do. We never do. We're happy in our little apartment in a great area, in our little car, in its temporary parking spot. But now, now we're going on a different track altogether. Now we're thinking luxury, okay? So here's the thing. We're good people. We are so, we're the best. I mean, you talk about ethically responsible, nice people. My God, we tried to do vegetarian, you know, we, uh, we used to do vegan, but then the baby was born and he drinks milk and cheese, doesn't drink the cheese, but you know what I'm saying, yogurt. So we don't want to be hypocrites. We join him with a little cheese. You know, who wants to eat cheese alone, guys? That's a lonely meal. Okay, eating cheese by yourself. So we join him. So we're vegetarians and we drive a Prius. That means we're the best people in the world. Does it not? Sure, we don't give any kind of substantial money to charity. We don't help out impoverished nations. 
We don't do anything that makes the world better in any way, but we drive a Prius and we eat vegetarian. So, you know, still think that ranks us in the top five people of all time. And uh, so we, we just like the idea of driving a fuel-efficient car that's not the worst thing for the environment. It's, it sort of seems to suit our personalities. And um, so what we really would like is a Tesla. Yeah, we're those people. We'd like a Tesla. First of all, it's fucking cool. I like technology, all right? I like Elon Musk. Maybe he's a psychopath who's going to kill us all one day. But I like him so far. He's trying to develop a fucking uh, transit system where I can get back and forth between, like, Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto in, like, 20 minutes. Please do that, sir. That would really help my life. I have family in these locations and friends and sometimes my work. Oh, my God. Then you could live in other parts of Canada. Or work, at least, in other parts again. Oh, here comes another car. Let's see if they notice me in the back seat of the Toyota Prius. Where did he go? It's like he, he drove into the parking lot and he disappeared. Did he spontaneously combust? Oh, no, no, no. He's parking. His spot is right next to the garage door. Because our new temporary spot is close to the garage door so I can see people coming in, you know? And now uh, he must be parking over there, which means he's going to walk past the car. This. Oh, no. No, he did. He, he just drove past. In fact, going really fucking fast. Really fucking fast. Son of a bitch. Now here comes some more people. Oh, is she going to park next to me? No, she is not. She's not parking next to me. She's parking in front of me. Guys, this is riveting. I'm sure for you people out there. Riveting to hear me describe cars coming into my parking lot. You just, you got to understand where I'm coming from. All right? I am a, uh, an awkward person. I'm uh, nervous and strange at the best of times. And now to have all of these people, another car has entered the parking lot. We have three cars surrounding me right now. Is this a sting? Have they been waiting? Ah, he's in the back seat. Now we got him. What an idiot. In the front seat, we've never been able to pin him down. Now he's trapped. All right, I'll stop talking about these cars in the uh, parking lot here. Hey, fuck them. You know, boy, I tell you, guys, I'm 40 years old. I had a birthday party. Like I told you, and the idea wasn't really a party. You know, it's a gathering of uh, nice people who I know. Who go, oh, whoa, gave me a, a little gift. It was uh, nice, you know. And I'm a I'm a sarcastic asshole, so it's hard to, you know, actually give um, a genuine, heartfelt thank you. But I think I I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna write these people an email. But see, the thing is, half of them are comedians. So they're not going to want a heartfelt thank you. So I'm going to have to be sarcastic with them. I'm just, you got to do it. You know, the, the other people, the, the normals, you know. In fact, how many normal people were there? There was only two normal people besides my wife. 
and they were girlfriends of the of two of the comedians. Yeah. And the other we had four other comedians. Anyway, it was a lovely time. And I will get to that in one second. All right. I'm still on the car thing. Not the not the cars in the garage, but the buying of the car thing. So here's the thing. Since we can't get a Tesla, did I tell you we can't get a Tesla? Because we can't. Our our building is not installing plugs. They just for fuck they fucking did an a year and a half renovation. This is why I'm in a temporary spot. They keep moving us around while they rip apart our fucking parking garage. And they um, didn't put in plugs. With the world going the way it's going, yeah, why in in downtown Toronto, basically, why put in a plugging station for people who will definitely want electric cars? What the fuck are you thinking? Even the like the Prius, there's a Prius Prime now. So it's a Prius that you can plug in that it would, becomes like 10 times better on gas. But we don't have plugs. Oh, Jesus H. Christ. You know? So we wanted the Tesla, but there is also another logistical problem with the Tesla. I do long drives. I'm a comedian, and our family's in Ottawa. So the the Tesla, the most it can drive is about four hours without needing a charge. And so that's not enough. It's just not enough. So we're fucked with the, in the Tesla department. We could just get another Prius, but why not just keep this one? Right? That's my, that's my thought process there. So, what we've decided right now, we will change our mind this evening, I guarantee you, but we're thinking luxury, luxury SUV, all right? We're looking at BMW, uh, Audi, Mercedes, and uh, I'm liking this idea. The, the Jaguar, as fans of the podcast know, my uh, usual parking spot is next to a guy who has a Jaguar F-Pace. And it's a lovely fucking car. And I think I'd like that one. But those are pretty goddamn expensive. Like, there, there's there's a Audi Q5. Not that expensive, relatively speaking. You know, it's cheaper than the goddamn Highlander. So, if my wife, my wife will get a little extra room in the back, not to mention a nice, smooth, luxury ride. I'm assuming we haven't test-driven one yet. We're thinking about doing it tomorrow. And I like, I mean, if we can still get a bit of value for the Prius, but it's just then you think to yourself, you know, but now I'm, I'm luxury guy. We went and bought a, a fancier car, at least a fancier brand, even though the price point kind of makes sense for us. You know, it's, uh, we were willing to pay more. So if we can get like a real nice ride for less money because we don't need a boat because we have one goddamn child, then maybe we go with the something like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. But are you, are you one of those people? And I was thinking, maybe that's my problem. Maybe I don't demand enough of myself and the world. It's like, you know when you see cars on the road and they have a bumper sticker that says, like, I believe in Darwin or Darwinism or they have the they have the fish with the feet on it or like my car runs on popcorn oil or some shit you know it's always this beat up goddamn Subaru Forester from like 1985 you know and the guy comes out with his fucking 
unclipped toenails and his hairy feet and his Birkenstock sandals and his fucking hippie hair. And it's just, yeah. And then, like, you know, conversely, you see, if you see a bumper sticker that's like, hey, brownies, Jesus says, get the fuck out of America. You know, you then then guaranteed that's like a hundred thousand dollar car. You know, it's like a Bent, Bentley or some shit will have that bumper sticker. Lots of lots of Bentleys have the Jesus says, get the fuck out of America bumper sticker. Hey, you brownies, get the fuck out of America. You know what? I feel like writing up that bumper sticker, uh, you know, ironically, and then selling it and making a fortune. But I can't. I can't. I, I'm sure it would sell. I'm sure it would. But I don't want to be part of the problem, guys. I like I like brown people of all kinds. And uh, so does my boy. Oh, my God. You talk about the uh, black people. He sees black people, he goes insane. Loves them because he loves blues music. And a lot of the blues artists, of course, are black. And so he's watching. Uh, did I tell you this last podcast? That he, when he sees black people, he decides which blues artists they are. Um, depend, And you know what? He's usually pretty close. Like, if he sees a guy uh, who looks like Albert King, he'll say Albert King. But if the guy is like a younger guy with lighter skin, he'll say uh, Gary Clark Jr. You know, and, uh, you know, it's a little it's a little racist, but, you know. But as Seinfeld said so aptly, you know, can it be racism if I like their race? So what the fuck was I talking about? All right. Are you one of those people? I don't know. Like, it's it's nice to be as good as you can to the world. But, uh, I don't know. The fuel economy it versus what you get in a Prius, what you get in a uh, in an Audi Q5, let's say. Is that going to make a difference in the world? Maybe. I, I don't. I don't know. It's just you're getting older, man. I can see how it would happen. You know how, like, older people, like, they'll make jokes all the time about how old people are all, you know, uh, bigots and and they're just out for themselves and they just, it's, you. What, what I think it is, it's fear and comfort. You know, as you get older, you just, you don't want to be afraid and you don't want to be uncomfortable. So you go and you surround yourself with, and, and you've built up equity, usually, if you're not a stand-up comedian. And you surround yourself with with nice things, uh, comfortable things. And the fear comes in because you don't want anyone to disrupt this nice, peaceful, comfortable life that you're trying to set up for yourself. So you become this bigoted, you know, greedy asshole. And I can see how it happens because I am, as far as I know, I'm not one of those people. But as I age, and especially with the bones, my bones aren't the best. You know, you guys know I got the osteoporosis, you know, fucking dusty bones over here. So I like when when my wife is saying, like, hey, if we get a luxury SUV, it may uh, it may be a smoother ride for you. It may be nice. And I got to say, after a five hour car ride or so, boy, the old back and hips, they don't feel the best. Is this a rationalization to get a fancy car? Of course it is. Why are you judging me? No, you should judge me. You should always judge. You know? But I am also free to say, this is what I choose to do. 
Maybe if I buy the luxury car, I'll try to make it up to the environment in another way. Now, that's a good rationalization, right? Maybe I'll do some, uh, some charity work for the environment. I won't, but I could pretend I will. You know? I, I don't know. Let's, so let's talk about the birthday party. I'll let you know. Well, I mean, one of the things, one of the reasons I thought about buying the Mazda CX-9 is because it almost sounds like if I said, ah, we're coming to you recorded live from the CX-9 studios, it almost sounds like a radio station. So I don't know. Maybe if I buy the Audi Q5, coming at you from the Q5 recording studio is eh, maybe, you know, and that way, and maybe, and you guys will know because you were here first. You will know that those are not call number, call letters or whatever they're called for a radio station. That in fact is the name of my car, but I won't, I won't tell the new listeners. So they'll never know. Unless they go back and listen to this podcast. Right? And you guys will be on the inside. It'll make you feel all special about yourselves. You were here first. Back? Remember when old Benny? Remember when he had a Toyota Prius? And they kept moving his spot around? And he sat in the back seat next to his child's car seat, which was way too fucking big. And all the people in his building thought he was a goddamn lunatic? Do you remember that? Now he's gone all fucking corporate, driving around in his Audi. Excuse me. We used to think he was a decent person. So my birthday party, speaking of decent people, how nice is that? People showing up, like my wife was saying, don't you feel good right now? And I did. You know, it wasn't huge. It was like just, just a few close friends. But, like, people making an effort just because it's your birthday to show up. I mean, that's fucking nice. You know? I mean, what do you want out of life? I bitch. I complain. But things, you know, barring health issues, you know, that may or may not happen. You just, you have to appreciate life. You had to appreciate the little things. People coming to your apartment, getting drunk, and uh, leaving at 2 a.m. Yes, they left at 2 a.m., and we have a baby. So guess what happened? Baby wakes up at 5.30 in the morning. It's the only time he's gotten up at 5.30 in probably two months. Because he chose, he was like, ah, this is the night. I'm going to fuck him over. 5.30, baby. Oh, we had a rough day. And then it was one of the guys who was at my birthday party. It was his birthday as well in the same week. So we went to his thing on Sunday, which was axe throwing. Battle axe throwing, it's called. People do this thing now. Um, like team building, corporate, corporate people, they show up and... It's just a way for, I don't know, people to gather, throw a bunch of fucking axes at the wall. Like, really? You get a hatchet, you put it over your head, and you whip it at a target. And then uh, it's a tournament to see who wins. And it's actually pretty fun. My wife, I think, hurt herself. And I knew she would. I told her, I said, listen, don't hurt yourself. Because I know you will. Because what happens is, they, there was an instructor there. 
And that's the worst thing. It's the worst thing can ever happen to Sarah is to have an instructor. She wants to do everything so exact. Like from when there's a, a person who's instructing, she can't like take some of it and just relax. She's got to do it exactly as the person is saying every nuance of what they're saying must be adhered to strictly. So I could see her. She was tensed up like a fucking, just like a mental patient, just trying to get out of a straitjacket. Just, and I was like, you got to relax. You got to relax. You're going to be sore. You're going to be sore the next day. You're going to rip all the muscles out of your body trying to throw that axe over your head. But did she relax, folks? No, she didn't. And is she hurt today? Of course she is. She is fucking sore as a boil. And we stopped potty training, which you think there's no segue there. Oh, there is. It's just that our backs were killing us when we were trying to potty train the little bastard. Um, So if we had tried to continue that, Sarah right now would be totally fucked. Because she hurt her back, of course, throwing these fucking axes. And uh, it's funny. I'm the one with osteoporosis, and she hurts herself throwing the axes. I'm fine. But I was relaxed. I didn't give a shit what this axe-throwing expert was saying. I was like, look, I got an axe in my hand. I'll throw it that way. If it sticks into the wall, so be it. I, uh, I'm i not here to, to slip a disc. All right, lady? For fuck's sake. So um, we stopped trying to potty train him. Last week I was telling you that uh, I spent my birthday, the actual day, April 16th, chasing him around with a potty catching shit literally just catching shit and piss in a bucket and it was uh disgusting and it was uh fruitless because he wasn't taken to it so uh, upon the advice of many people we decided to try again in a few months you know maybe he'll be a little more apt to do it and maybe it'll take just as long in a few months but i we just can't do it right now and i'll tell you what else i uh I, it's not that I like him in diapers, but I just, I don't think I was ready for him to be running around in underwear. You know, he's still such a little boy. He's my boy. You know, it's, it's nice. And plus it's easier for him too, because you got to prompt like once they're potty trained, like every morning, you know, they get up, pull down their pants. You're like, you got to go potty and you got to sit and wait for them to do potty. And then like every three hours, you got to or I don't know how long, hour and a half. I don't know how long do people pee. Every 10 hours, you take the baby, you sit him on the potty, you're like, okay, try again. And you, you're always prompting, and then there's going to be accidents. You know, and it's just, it's far more work. It's, it's a much more uh, difficult lifestyle. So I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. A, I'm lazy. And B, I just, I like him still, you know, being a free little baby who doesn't have the pressures, guys, the pressures of the world, you know, waking up knowing, ah, God damn it, I got to get on that old pot again. You know, I got to punch the clock. You're, uh, you're on a, you're on a schedule. You know, you might as well work in an office. Might as well be middle management working in a cubicle. You know, having your bathroom breaks dictated for you. But I'll say this. This will be the last thing, guys, I say about the car until the very next podcast where I'll talk about cars again. But uh, why? Why? Why do uh, 
cars not have prices? Can somebody fucking answer me this question? Like, it's just, I know there are prices on the website, but of course, they like when we're talking to the car dealership, they were like, well, there's the website price, but of course, that's not going to be your final price. I'm like, well, why not? What's the final fucking price? Just how much is your product? Tell me the price of your product and I will purchase it. If I like, like, that's the thing. Here's what's wrong with car companies. I think I've discovered it. See, Tesla, they, they, they made it crystal clear to me. Tesla, there's a waiting list for a year for, for the car we want. And the price is like 45,000 Canadian. And that's the price. It's not the haggle price. It's not the all oh, leasing, financing, blah, 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 0% APR, blah, blah. It is, it's a fucking price. All right? Do you want this product? Here's how much it costs. And you know why they can do that? Because you actually want that car. It makes sense. You don't have to get gas. You don't do a lot of maintenance. It's a fancy car. It's the future. It makes perfect sense. So people want it. So here's what you want to do, car companies. Make good cars and then sell me, sell me, on the the goodness of the car. Like, we went to the dealership, and all they're talking about is numbers and shit, and it's just, all right, tell me why this car's good, and then if the car's really good, I'll want it, and then I'll pay a price for it. But that's not how it works. You got to fucking just bargain. You got to, what do you call it? Haggle. You got to fucking... So I... um. I've been saying this for a while, that if next time I get a car, I would uh, use a broker or something, somebody to buy it for me, because I don't want the, the fucking headache. But be, but we're thinking about leasing, because the thing is, we don't want cars for long periods of time anymore. Not right now. Not until we find something we really like. We really like the Prius, so we bought it. But our next car, if it's, if it's like, you know, if it was a CX-9 or a fucking... Uh, or maybe maybe uh, whatever this Audi Q5. I don't know if that's the car for me forever. Well, not forever, but, you know, to own for a lengthy period of time. So I'd like to do like a 36-month lease or a 48-month lease maximum. You know, and then just trade it in and do something else. Right? You know, now a Tesla I'd buy outright because I'd be like, this, yeah, I'll, let's just drive this for 10 years. That sounds great. So because we were thinking about leasing... Then all that shit is out the window in terms of the brokerage. I don't. I, it, it's harder to find good numbers on how to lease through a brokerage. So anyway, but I went to unhaggle.com or .ca. I don't know what the fuck it is. And uh, it's this place where they show you the manufacturer's the actual cost that the dealership paid for the car, and it's supposed to help you in the negotiation process, you know. And um, and also people will. So I, I sign up for it. But here's the thing. They want your fucking phone number. And that's And they text you a code. And then, of course, I, I did it. And I knew what would happen, guys. I'm not an idiot. But so what, what went from being a thing where I didn't want to be badgered at a car dealership has gone, uh, has turned into me being badgered via email and phone calls from dealers. Because, of course... They're all working together. These fucking brokerage firms, these these unhaggle.coms. And so anytime you request a quote 
on a card, they send it to one of the local dealers, and then they can send you, they send you, hey, hey, we see you're interested in the car. Here's our best deal on this. Now, I still think it's a good idea because God knows I'm going to get a terrible deal if I go in on my own. I am not a capable human being. So, although we got a pretty good deal with the Prius, but I mean, it took some fucking work, guys. We walked away twice, and not like as a show of strength. We just legitimately were exhausted. We're like, I just don't want to talk to you anymore, so I'm going to go home now, all right? And then the guy phoned us at home, and we were like, okay, how about this? And he was like, okay, we'll do it. And so we ended up getting a decent deal on the Prius. But also, Ontario was given like a $5,000 cash back at the time. So, you know, that if you bought a, uh, a a Prius because it was good to the environment. Now they give the cash back apparently on the, on the Tesla. Man, I want that Tesla. Fuck's sakes. So anyways, it's still probably a good idea to go with these unhaggled.com or, or uh, Canada Car Cost. What was it? CarCostCanada.com, I think, was another one I, I went to. But you know what's weird? Is the, the, the lady who was trying to sell us the Mazda in person, she contacted me via email because of the unhaggle.com, because of my... But she didn't know it was me because I used a fake name because I'm not stupid. I used a fake name. I signed up with fake credentials. Like I had to give my real phone number and, my real, and a real email address. Otherwise, you can't verify the account. So... So she was like, hi, Fred, because that's the name I used. I used Fred. She was like, hi, Fred. My name is Marianne or whatever the fuck it was. Well, I'd be happy to assist you with the numbers and blah, blah, blah. Numbers, 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 numbers. God knows I won't tell you that the car is good. No, let's all, let's just find a way to scam you as much as fucking possible. Like, I know you want to make a profit. I'm okay with that. Sell your wares at a profit. Go right ahead. But don't sell them to me at a bigger profit for you than you sold them to the guy who's coming after me who happens to be a guy with tattoos on his throat and is a much better negotiator. I'm assuming that he is. You know? Don't just, don't have one set of numbers for me. Like, why? And, and like, like uh, uh, mild-mannered people, you know, nice people, caring people, older people. These are the people who really get fucked over. The nicer people in the world get fucked over by these people. He's like, oh, I can really take advantage of this guy. This guy cares about human beings. I'll try to create a connection with him. I'll try to instill some empathy with him. I'll tell him some stories about my kids, and then I'll fucking rip him off. You know? Why is it like that? Yeah, I just... Oh, God. I'm worked up now. Now I don't even want this Audi Q5 tomorrow. I'm, all, I'm already angry at the guy who's going to try to sell it to me. You know, I, and I love going into an Audi dealership. Are you telling me you're not going to get fucking scumbag in there? Now I just realized that I'll be at the Audi Q dealership. If I hit it off with the guy and we end up buying the thing, he'll probably start listening to this podcast because that's how it works. And he'll be like, I'm not a scumbag. I'm nice. But the thing is, he probably won't listen, guys. That's a pipe dream. The idea that I'll go in, meet a reasonable human being who will give me a reasonable deal, and then he'll actually like me enough to tune in to listen to me do a podcast about it. He fucking won't. He's just after the bottom line. 
Then he'll report to his sales manager. Oh, I just totally fucked this couple over. They've got a 20-month-old baby. Now they probably don't have enough money for his tuition. So that was the podcast. Um, did I miss anything? I wrote I wrote stuff down. I mean, I know I ranted mostly about... Uh, oh, you know, yeah, I know I got it all. I got it all. Except that I was going to say the, the only thing that... Uh, reminds me of trying to buy a car is the gym membership you know it's like although gym memberships are getting a little bit better you kind of know the price now bi-weekly but like the personal training stuff is just like hey won't you come on in won't you come on in you know yeah it was a, yeah well how much are the personal training sessions i tell you what won't you just come on in come on in and we'll show you around it's like you know what dude i tell you what if if you have a good product if you if your training system's good and you have good examples, and you can tell me what the benefits are, then I'll pay you money, but you tell me what that fucking price is. You tell me the price, and you tell me why I should pay that price. Don't try to pressure me into either screaming at you and storming off uh, or or bowing down to you and giving you way more money than you deserve. Just, Just tell me the fucking price of your fucking service. And why I should take it. And I'll tell you what, if you deserve my business, I'll give it to you. It's very simple. Tesla knows. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Oh, I'm getting interference here. Getting interference. Is it the car companies and the gym memberships? Do they know? Are they breaking in? I feel like I feel like I'm always being listened to. I am. I'm sure I am. I told you that, right? That uh, my uh, all my ads on YouTube are now in French. They're all in French, the ads that pop up on YouTube, even though I don't speak French. So my wife speaks French to the baby, and uh, she never watches YouTube. So why did the ads switch to French? Because they're listening through my remote or my phone, and they're hearing the French. Because, you know, you always get those ads that are targeted at the thing you just researched on the computer. But I think it's further than that. They're listening to your actual devices, and there's no law against that. If Because when you agree to apps and shit, you're often agreeing to that. You're agreeing to, hey, we can just open up the app and listen to what you're saying, okay? And then you go, yeah, sure, because you don't read that 30-page agreement. Okay, guys. All right, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to have a barking squirrel beer. Even though I'm getting fat, I don't give a shit. I do give a shit. I really, really hate getting fat. However, I really want that beer right now. And I'm, I'm all worked up. I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to do a little research on uh, the Audi Q5 and maybe a comparable BMW. And then me and my wife will have a long discussion. Then we will get up tomorrow and go test drive all this shit. Then we will be pressured just incessantly by dealers, and then we will decide that the Prius is ultimately what we will die in. Oh, that sounded morbid. No, I, I, meant, I meant we will just, we will hold on to the Prius for the next 80 years. That's what I meant. Much more upbeat. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, I'll check in with you again soon. We're going to Ottawa next week. Visit the fam. Driving my regular old car and happy about it. It's I said shut up. Good night.